Hello, I'm Kirsten. <laughs> Hello, I'm Joshua. Hi, <laughs> I'm Kyla. And this is the Weird and Suspicious. That's weird. That's suspicious. Bum bum ba dum bum bum. On today's episode, we're going to do something slightly different. We're going to talk about Kirsten's psychopathy and how she, <laughs> I believe for a moment, consciously debated making a formula on how often to text people back. <laughs> Specifically just men. <laughs> no, no, because everyone can fit into the formula, Kirsten. Oh, no. Okay. Um, I also had another question. Um small little question i was at work yesterday and this old man comes in he was making terrible jokes i wasn't laughing and he was mad that i wasn't laughing and then he was like how about you scratch my back with your nails and i was like absolutely not and then i took that as being creepy and gross and my girl manager did too but the owner didn't he looked at me like that's not that weird and in my head i'm like that's really fucking weird for like a 60 year old man to say to a 20 something year old girl at a bakery I mean, I think it all depends on, like, the delivery and the way he said it and whatnot. Um, I felt creepy. Or, I mean, if it made you uncomfortable, it made you uncomfortable. I don't like when old men comment on my nails and me scratching them. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. Um, makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it was I weird for being uncomfortable, but as long as Kyle no. wants to be uncomfortable. I think that would make me very uncomfortable. I feel like any time somebody's like, uh, it's kind of feels like the like, uh, uh, where's my hug kind of thing. Yeah. Of just yeah. like, you're like, like don't insinuating physical contact. And it's just yeah, like, I think that's what it is. That. Something about like, like, don't be like, because it's like the scratching the back thing is like, whatever, like, like that specifically isn't super weird. It's just like, don't did you try to, to like, don't try to joke me into touching you. Like, I don't want to touch you. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I feel like. Because like, also like, if your friend's sitting there and she's like, "Oh, I have an itch on my back and I can't scratch it," I'll scratch it. But if you're sitting there looking at my nails and be like, "How much scratch my back with those?" <laughs> If I ever see you in real life and remember this, I'm gonna be like, "Damn, I have a scratch that only those nails can." <laughs> no, no. <laughs> those nails can reach that one. Mm, I bet those nails can get it right in there. <laughs> I would have to run away. <laughs> I would run with All right, you. Kyla, you got a story today. I just love <laughs> that every day that I talk to you guys, I can add more things into my pickup line registry of just like now. Creepy. If, if, your, your exactly. creepy lines. Exactly. Or you can just go straight and grab the inner thigh, apparently. Yeah. I took the midnight train from the city. To the small town where I live. Isn't that a song? Yeah. Yeah. Just a city boy. Yeah. Okay. We're on a journey. All right. 
I never imagined that it would become a nightmarish ordeal that would scar me for life. The train was nearly empty, just the way I liked it. I boarded carriage 13, took a seat by the window and closed my eyes, ready to go get some rest. Soon after, I heard the shuffling of feet and the opening and closing of the carriage door. Five more passengers entered. I glanced at them, unconcerned as they took their seats. A sudden lurch of the train jolted me from my thoughts. It seemed like we had picked up speed, and the faint light that filtered through the windows gradually faded to darkness. I looked out, but all I could see was black void surrounding the train. The darkness had triggered something. The passengers began to share their lives. I learned that Emma's eerie landscapes were inspired by the loss of her younger brother, who had drowned in a lake when she was a child. Coincidentally, Tom, her boyfriend, had been present at the lake that day, but he didn't remember Emma. He was there with another girl, who would later become the mother of his son. That son was now a ward of the state due to Tom's struggle with alcoholism, which was fueled by his guilt over cheating on Emma with Lily. Honestly, I really love hearing tea from people when I'm, like, in public places. Me too. Like, oh, so do I. I. Yeah, just eavesdropping on shit. You're like, wow, yeah. that's a really bad first date or, like, something like that. I'm like, that. wow, that's wild. You just watched her brother die in public. out that's here annoying. saying this shit. She's <laughs> out here telling everyone your private business. Sarah, the woman who despised Tom for his betrayal of her sister, had her own demons to battle. After her mother's death, she became obsessed with finding the person responsible for the hit and run. She spent years of her life tracking down leads and using her position as a private investigator to gather information. Did she turn her entire life into becoming a private investigator for this? Isn't that like a movie where like someone kills the girl's daughter and she spends her entire life tracking them down so she can kill them? It sounds like it would be a thing, yeah. The search consumed her, poisoning her relationships and forcing her to confront the darkest parts of herself. Dave, the man responsible for the accident, was a widower who had lost his wife to cancer. In his grief, he had turned to the bottle, culminating in the drunken night that led to the hit and run. Racked with guilt and afraid of the consequences, he'd keep his secret hidden for years, haunted by the lives he had destroyed. Lastly, there's Jane, a nurse who had been the first responder at the scene of the accident that killed Sarah's mother. How is this even a coincidence? Anyway. She carried the weight of that night with her, blaming herself for not being able to save the woman's life. In a cruel twist of fate, she had also been the nurse who cared for Dave's dying wife, never knowing the connection between them. Our lives were a tangled web of tragedies, loves, and secrets, all leading us to this moment, bound together in carriage 13. The hair on the back of my neck stood on end. It was unnerving. This revelation that we were entangled by fate. But as the darkness pressed in, we had to focus on survival, even as our shared past threatened to tear us apart. Seems a bit dramatic. I don't... I was saying, you have to, like, focus on survival together when you're on a train ride? I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Drama queen! We realized that if we wanted to survive, we had to stick together, but as the train thundered through the abyss, tensions grew. The darkness fed on our fears and insecurities, amplifying them. It whispered terrible truths, bringing long-buried emotions to the surface. It played on our guilt, our regrets, and the fragile threads of connection that held us together. Soon we were at each other's throats. 
I think um, this is a made-up story. No, no. Whispers filled the air, voices that sounded eerily like our own, recounting our deepest shames and failures. Emma could hear her brother's voice calling to her from the depths of the lake, where he drowned. Tom was taunted by images of his son crying for his absent father, while Sarah was tortured with the feeling of her mother's blood on her hands. Jane found herself reliving the moment she couldn't save Sarah's mother, the woman pleading, eyes etched into her memory. Dave was forced to confront the ghost of his wife, who accused him of abandoning her in her time of need and reminded him of the blood on his hands from the hit and run. The atmosphere in the carriage grew thicker with fear, and our suspicions of one another intensified. The darkness fed on our disintegrating trust, urging us to turn against each other. Whoopsies. Ellipsy. Whoopsie. At first, we tried to resist its influence, huddling together in the dim light, reminding ourselves of our shared humanity, but the strain began to show. Emma lashed out at Tom, accusing him of never truly loving her. Sarah, tormented by her mother's death, fixated on Dave, her anger, her, <laughs> her anger boiling over. Okay, me. <laughs> Jay, I know I can't. I can barely see this, but I'm not getting my glasses. Jane, overwhelmed by the guilt of the lives she couldn't save, retreated into herself, withdrawing from the others, and I felt my own demons clawing at the edges of my mind. The darkness reminded me of the reason I'd been on that midnight train, a failed marriage, a lost job, and the overwhelming feeling that I was slipping into a bottomless abyss, much like the one that now surrounded us. As our unity crumbled, we began to see each other not as allies, but as enemies to be conquered. The darkness twisted our bonds, turning love into resentment and friendship into betrayal. We fought with increasing ferocity, the violent outbursts providing fuel for the abyss to further manipulate us, ensuring that our chances of survival grew even slimmer. I just don't understand what they're trying to survive because nothing's happening on the train. I think, like, from what I can gather, it's like the train just isn't stopping and is just in darkness. I was saying, like, a Twilight like... Zone type. Situation. Yeah. Making every giving everyone mad cow disease. Yeah. Um, the breaking point came when it was revealed that Dave, a quiet and unassuming man in his forties, was the drunk driver responsible for the accident that killed Sarah and Lily's mother years ago. I thought we already knew that. He had fled the scene, never coming forward to face the consequences. The guilt of his actions had festered within him, poisoning his very soul. That revelation shattered any semblance of unity we had. The air in the carriage grew thick with tension as the full weight of Dave's crime bore down on us. Sarah's face twisted in rage as she lunged at him, her hands finding his throat. The others, their own demons gnawing at their sanity, chose sides in the escalating conflict. Tom, Emma, and I tried to break them apart, but it was useless. The darkness had driven them mad, and they fought with a ferocity born of raw fear and desperation. Blood began to stain the floor as the violence escalated. Sarah managed to grab a sharp piece of twisted metal from the warped interior of the carriage and drove it into Dave's stomach. I'm His sorry. agonized screams echoed through the carriage, barely audible over... I don't know what that word is. Over the... the cacophony of metal? <laughs> I don't know. It's a lot. Like... Yeah. A lot of noise. Oh, okay. Of metal and the wind rushing outside. 
Blood poured from his wound as he crumpled to the ground. Terrified and disgusted, I stumbled backwards, distancing myself from the others. I watched in horror as Tom, overwhelmed by his own guilt, turned on Emma. She sobbed as she tried to fight him off, begging him to remember their love, but his face was contorted with madness. His hands gripped her neck tightly as she struggled for breath. I knew I had to do something, so I threw myself at Tom, desperately trying to pry his fingers from Emma's throat, but my strength was no match for the darkness that fueled him. Emma's face turned a sickening shade of blue before she went limp in Tom's grasp. He releases her lifeless body, only to turn his mad gaze on me. I backed away, but the darkness had other plans. It closed in, swallowing both Tom and Emma's bodies whole, leaving me alone in the warped and twisted carriage. In the end, it was just me in the abyss. My heart raced as I stood alone in the contorted carriage, its twisted metal screeching in protest. The darkness whispered my name, coaxing me to step into the void. As the darkness whispered, visions of my own tragic past manifested before me. It showed me the times I'd hurt people I loved, the choices I'd made that led to the deaths of my friends, and all the selfish moments in my life. It was trying to break me, make me feel powerless and submit to its dark embrace, but I refused to give in. The whispers turned to screams, the visions became more vivid and relentless, but I wouldn't let it take me. I stumbled to the emergency door and wrenched it open. The suction of the darkness threatened to drag me into its clutches, but I held on, fueled by sheer desperation. The darkness lashed out in fury, tendrils of inky blackness snaking around my arms and legs, trying to pull me into its depths. It was as if the abyss had taken on a malevolent well of its own, hell-bent on devouring me. My muscles ached and my grip began to falter. I knew I couldn't keep this up much longer, but I refused to give up. With a final surge of determination, I reached out with my free hand and grabbed onto the carriage railing, anchoring myself against the darkness, relentless assault. In the moment, it was as if I had unblocked some hidden reservoir of strength within myself. The darkness began to waver, its tendrils loosening their grip on me. I fought back with all my might, pushing the darkness away. And then suddenly, it receded. The train burst back into the normal world, its speed slowing as it pulled into a station. I fell on the platform, grasping for air, my body trembling with adrenaline and exhaustion. As I lay there, the station's lights flickering overhead, I knew that I had survived the abyss, but not without cost. I was the last one standing, but I was now forever haunted by the darkness and the lives that had been lost within its grasp. Hmm. Boop. Seems like a really good Twilight Zone episode. Honestly, it feels like a Twilight Zone episode. I think Could you it imagine? would have been better more like a movie or something. Yeah. Or have you ever seen Final Destination 4? I want to oh, say. Probably. What stories are in that where, one? Um, it's the one where there's like the tanning bed and then there's yep. like weights the rock and, then and the, the hairspray yep oh, the wait the rock and the hairspray what there's a nail gun oh i remember the nail gun one. i've seen the tanning way, one um maybe it's number three i'm thinking it's number three now but um at the end of the movie they all like just wind up on the same subway like on accident like all the people that survived at the end and then the I know what you're crashes. talking about but it just feels I, like that yeah. like imagine how like foreboding it would be if you just started running into like 
a bunch of people at the same time, coincidentally. That, like, all like, had bad juju attached to them, too? Yeah, it yeah, would just be like, oh, be this really is where we died. This is over. It's gone. This is the end. <clears throat> no, yeah. no, no. Damn. No, no, no. So if you're getting on a subway and you see a lot of people that you know that you probably shouldn't all be in the same area, don't Just, just get off. Yeah, but they didn't know, leave. though. Yeah, they didn't know until, like... They started talking. Yeah. In that scenario, they didn't know that they were connected at all. But even in, like, the movie, they didn't notice each other until the subway was moving. Have you guys heard of the Loveland Frogman? Or the Loveland Lizard? No. No. It's a very small, short little story of a cryptid or folklore legend thing. It's from Loveland, Ohio. There's really only been about three reports on it. Um, the first sighting was in 1955 along Mini Miami River, um, which is, I guess, in Miami, Ohio. A local man saw three frog-legged man, leatherly, leatherly, leather, wait, Leisurely? someone say it the correct way. No, leathery. Le- there we go. Oh. I was just couldn't get the L out of my mouth for some reason. <laughs> With a leathery skin, webbed hands, and webbed feet on the side of the row. They had bulging eyes, wide mouths, and deep groves on their head, like instead of hair. They were talking to each other, holding on to something that kind of looked like a wand with sparks coming out of it. <laughs> Some of the people thought that they could have been aliens or magic frogs. And then there's another story that may or may not be related, but her name is Miss Johnson. She was swimming in an Ohio river and was attacked by a creature under the water. And she was able to take to take <laughs> to kick it away. But she had a green paw print on her hand that didn't go away for days. And little Miami River drains into Ohio River. Um, but I don't know. Apparently, it was like in Evansville, which is two hundred thousand or not two hundred thousand, um, just two hundred miles away. So, like these frogs would have to be traveling. But maybe it's just a frogman in a different area. On March third, nineteen seventy-two, at one a.m., the police department had a guy driving along uh, Riverside Drive, and his name was Ray Shockey. He saw an unidentified animal run in front of his car and stopped before hitting it. He was around four feet tall, 60 pounds, and leather, leathery skin. Moved around the car and then was sitting. You know how frogs kind of sit, like, knees up? Like Hands dogs. in front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so sitting like that on the guardrail, looking at him. It's like a gargoyle. Yeah, but also... Okay, I don't know what you guys think of this. To me, it's so weird when people are, like, things like this happen, especially with animals, and they're trying to, like, give the weight of the animal that they're seeing. So, like, four feet and 60 pounds still seems kind of skinny, doesn't it? For a frog? Yeah. No. Well, like, yes. (laughs) But also, like, mean? a 60-pound frog? <laughs> like, four feet tall and 60 pounds total, like, doesn't seem like right. a ton of It's like the frogs I mean, in Hogwarts. Maybe. 
I don't know, because, like, I just look at a dog, and a dog could be, like, 100 pounds, and they're not, like, always giant. Yeah, but, like, I picture dogs more more slim and, like, longer bodies, and the frogs are more, like, squished. They're, like, a little lump. And a little fat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, in general, I feel like a lot of people don't weigh as much as you think they would weigh. So when they're giving to someone's description, and you're like, oh, I don't know, like, 150 pounds. And then what you think 150 pounds looks like is different. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't yeah, seem like a good description factor. Well, there's no pictures of this frog. But I guess, uh, yeah. yeah. But I'm just saying, like, in general, when you're giving descriptions, the weight part seems a bit a bit inaccurate because everyone's is different. Everyone's That's viewpoint fair. on weight is different. Like, I don't even, I'm so bad with weight. If someone's like, how much did that man weigh? I'd be like, I don't fucking know. 200 pounds. I would just say that because he's a guy. (laughs) In my head, all men weigh around 200 pounds (laughs) that are over (laughs) 5'10". Yeah, I I think I think the same thing. Yeah, so like, I'm like, that's hard because I'm sure there's other people out there that like are good at it. Because exactly. why do men weigh more than women? They weigh so much more than women. I don't know. I weighed more than a lot of men that I've dated. Well, it confuses me. Even if they're tall. Or, yeah. Really? So, so I yeah. while we were doing all of this, I looked up the BMI calculator. For, of course you did. Uh, <laughs> for, for 46 Fox. inches. And 60 pounds is normal. So it's like the okay. size of like a child. But I would assume a fat or a frog would be fatter than a child. They're more round. But like, they're also like not And I feel like solid. they're more dense. Like they're, they're always squishy. Dead, but but their no, they're not dense. They're their squish. They're squishy <laughs> they're squish. squish. I guess. So like I their legs are like, like little Thick legs. There's no way. Even in their if legs, they're wet, like you wouldn't say like, oh, a three hundred pound child because you threw them into the water with clothes on. <laughs> yeah, people like... say that. Soaking, sopping wet. That's how much they would weigh. <laughs> this is saying. Who would say that when you're talking no, about a skinny the, person? It, it you're like 120 saying. sopping wet. That's a saying. Like, but it's also like. <laughs> Josh is like, who does that? I'm like, literally a lot of people. <laughs> no, it's like that's as a way to say like, they're they're might they might be a hundred pounds like if they're soaked. Like you don't say that like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that I child would've... is a hundred pounds, and it's because they're soaking wet. Yeah, but this just <laughs> brings it back <laughs> to my point that it's all useless. <laughs> The weight part. Nothing matters. <laughs> Nothing's real. Okay, okay. Um, boop, 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 boop. Uh, okay, so he went back to the station. He's like, hey, my friend Mark Matthews, weird name. Um, get in my car and let's go look at this fucking weird thing I seen. And when they got there, it smelled like almonds and alfalfa. I don't know what alfalfa smells like, but apparently it's a strong smell. There were scratch marks going down towards the river, and his friend Mark said that he didn't really believe him, but he could tell that he saw something. Two weeks later, little Marky Mark was out driving around, and he seen an unidentified, unidentified animal that was dead. 
he went out to move it and when he opened his door it squeaked open because they have squeaky doors um lost my spot the animal got up and attempted to run around and was crouched like a football player he said and was trying to go over the guardrail so he shot it but then it got away and he was like yeah i'm sure that animal died and then in 1999 he tried taking back the fact that he said that it kind of also seemed like a frog and he's like it was just an iguana also i'm pretty sure that the time that he's seen this it was like in the middle of winter and in ohio and i'm like i don't think an iguana would just be like or honestly your frog would just be out hopping and slithering around four feet even for an iguana be crazy also like they were standing upright they were standing yeah in his first statement erect And then he Four did... feet, 60 pounds, erect. Yep, yep. And then he kept changing his story, and then he did another interview, and he was like, it was all blown out of proportion. It was just a little animal running across the road, and it wasn't aggressive. But also, like, why did you shoot at it if it was just a regular-ass animal running across the road? That's... the Remember when I was talking about that weird animal in, like, Mexico or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's what it makes me think of. Because why do people do that? Like, when they don't know what something is, they're like, we're going to kill it. I don't know, because they're scared. What if it eats their children? Yeah, this little frog man. And then in 2016, he went on again, out of nowhere, reaching out. I think this is the time where he reached out to a fucking, like, newest place. And he was like, it was just an iguana that escaped from someone's home. And was trying to get towards the factory where the pipes were warm doesn't make sense and then when pokemon go came out some teenagers were out and about you know catching those fucking pokemons and they seen a frog that stood up and walked on his hind legs and it was near lake isabel they took pictures and video if you google it you can kind of see the picture it's a blurry picture you can't see the video though the government probably took it (laughs) um and they swear it was real and they're freaked out some people tried to link it back to like native tribes they're like, Shauna Hawk means the river demon from the 1700s. And they tried to warn French settlers about it, but then, like, someone tried to, like, break it down to actual, like, the meanings of native languages. And they're like, this doesn't add up. And they think people were just trying to, like, make it more true than what it was. And some people are like, maybe it's a frog that we just haven't discovered yet. Maybe it's a fancy new frog. <laughs> Giant frog. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think that maybe it was aliens because you know, slimy and green. And Loveland yeah, has green kind of alien. Yeah, Loveland has kind of played into this, and they have a frogman mascot, and they're very welcoming of having frogman themed things in the town. Because also, like, who's going to Ohio, for real? Like, something crazy's happening and you're like, come on, guys, we got the frog man. The frog man of Ohio. So, yeah. It's a little Loveland frogman story. Nifty nifty. I'd love to see a four-foot frog just vibing. I if it feel like I would alien, honestly love that. I don't want to touch it. I don't like touching frogs. They're too slimy. Not all of them are slimy. 
no thank you i'm good i would be scared of it biting me though because you see like how some frogs straight up try to eat people's fingers yeah yeah um they said they, they can, have they can swallow sharp you teeth whole. what i said they they said that the love and frogmen had sharp teeth oh okay i was like i don't think frogs have teeth that makes me think of the the lizard guys on land of the lost blah 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 yeah 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 um i don't think it was a guana also, I don't know. Yeah, I also um, don't think it was an iguana. I don't know if it was real. Some things kind of, I'm like, is everyone just playing into it? But there was only three stories. No one else is playing into it. Maybe there was something that these three people seen. Ja feel. Did you feel? Ja definitely feel. Um, Alright, that's my story. Thanks for coming, friends. Ooh-woo. 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 I hate that. Yeah, I immediately regretted that, I'm not gonna lie.